Welcome to the Dhamma Podcast. The audio recording that follows was recorded during S.N. Goenka's tour of North America in 2002, known as the Meditation Now Tour. This podcast will be updated monthly, with additional archives from S.N. Goenka's talks and questions and answer sessions, as well as other speakers discussing aspects of Vipassana meditation as taught by S.N. Goenka. This podcast is sponsored by Pariyati, a nonprofit publisher that offers written, audio, and video content and whose mission is to enrich the world by disseminating the words of the Buddha, providing sustenance for the seeker's journey, and illuminating the meditator's path. For more information regarding Pariyati, please go to www.pariyati.org. That is www.pariyati.org. For more information on Vipassana meditation, as taught by S. Goenka, including a schedule of courses offered throughout the world, please see www.dhamma.org. That is www.dhamma.org. Friends, we have all assembled here this evening to understand what is Vipassana and how does it help us in our day-to-day life and how can we practice it. Vipassana is a way of life, a code of conduct, how to live a healthy, harmonious, wholesome life, full of love, compassion, goodwill, and tolerance, good for oneself, and good for others. It is an art of living, a gracious way of living, good for everyone. Everyone wants to live a peaceful life, harmonious life, happy life. And yet, time and again, situations arise which make one very miserable, very unhappy. One starts generating negativity, anger, hatred, ill will, animosity. And this multiplies the misery. How to come out of it? So long as there is anger in the mind, There can't be love. These two cannot coexist. When there's aversion in the mind, there can't be compassion. These two cannot coexist. When there is ill will in the mind, there will not be goodwill. These two cannot coexist. As the light and darkness cannot coexist, So to learn how to live a peaceful life, harmonious life, full of love, compassion and goodwill, we have to practice to come out of all the negativities in the mind, the habit pattern of generating negativity has to be changed. How it is done? 
at the intellectual level everyone understands that generating negativity is not good for me i become miserable whenever i generate anger or hatred i am the first victim of my negativity i become very miserable and i make others miserable the entire atmosphere around me gets polluted with the impurity and anyone who comes in contact with me at that time feels misery this is not a proper way of life but how to come out of it undesirable things keep on happening in life desirables also happen but not always even if you have one desirable it becomes very soon stale and you start craving for some other some some other thing some other desire crops up in your mind when that is fulfilled another desire comes in your mind it is like a bottomless bucket can never get filled then what is the solution even the most powerful person in the world cannot attain the stage where nothing undesirable comes in contact with this person in spite of desirables undesirables coming in the life still how can maintain how can one maintain perfect balance of the mind perfect equipoise of the mind perfect equilibrium of the mind so that one can feel peace and harmony within oneself this is the practice of vipassana you can't change the whole world but you can change yourself and for that you have to go to the depth of the mind where negativity arises where all kinds of impurities they keep on arising getting multiplied multiplied and they overpower you and then you perform such unwholesome vocal or physical actions which normally you would not have done and after that you feel very bad you repent i should not have said so i should not have done so next time i'll be very careful next time similar situation again you react in the same way you make yourself miserable you make others miserable how to come out of this habit unwholesome habit pattern of the mind there are many techniques of meditation which help they help to calm down the mind to make it tranquil to make it peaceful to make it purified also but just on the surface level of the mind or slightly deeper but they can't touch the root level of the mind where these impurities these negativities 
keep on arising, arising, multiplying, multiplying. So although there is peace and harmony at the surface of the mind, time and again, there's a volcanic eruption. And one gets overpowered by negativity, which was multiplying at the depth of the mind. So the enlightened person found out that unless we rectify the root of the mind, all other practices are helpful, no doubt, but they give temporary relief. The habit pattern of the mind constantly keeps on generating impurity, negativities, anger, hatred, frustration, infuriation, all kinds of negativities are there and that keeps on arising at the depth of the mind, keeps on multiplying at the depth of the mind. How to reach that depth of the mind, the root level of the mind. And he realized a great scientist. People wrongly started saying him a founder of a religion. To me, he never founded any religion. He was a super scientist of spirituality. He discovered the truth. Why we become miserable? Why negativity arises in the mind? And going deeper, deeper, making analytical study of the mind and matter, interaction of mind and matter, he went to the depth of the mind, how it works. And he found out a way by which everyone can go to the depth of the mind and rectify the mind at the root level. For this, first the mind should be made very sharp, very sharp, razor sharp. One has to make a surgical operation of the mind to go to the root, root level. And this technique wants you to practice at least for three days, continuously, continuously, just trying to be aware of the truth, truth pertaining to yourself. No imagination is allowed. The truth that you experience, the reality that manifests itself pertaining to yourself from moment to moment, from moment to moment. That is why one has to join a camp where the atmosphere is very congenial to practice, where there is a proper guide who can give you instructions, advices, how to work. Say you decided to take a course of reaching the depth of the mind and train to come out of these impurities. The whole process is to observe the truth pertaining to oneself, that means pertaining to the mind and the matter, the interaction of the two. How the mind keeps on influencing the matter, the body, and how the body keeps on influencing the mind at a very deep level. At the surface level, one does not know at all what's happening. But at the deep level, there's a constant interaction going on. And with that, without knowing what is happening deep inside, some impurity arises. It starts multiplying, multiplying, and it overpowers. So how to reach that part of the mind, which is the root of the mind? 
because he had tried so many other techniques himself and found that they are helpful, but they don't take to the depth of the mind. And so also, a number of students, including myself, have worked on different techniques and found they were helpful, but none of them took to the root level of the mind. For that, first the mind has to be trained, a part of the mind has to be trained to become very sharp, very sharp, very subtle, and very sensitive. So whenever you decide to take a course of vipassana, to get trained in this technique, to get all the benefit of this technique, you will be asked to sit, sit comfortably, any posture, not necessary a lotus posture or a half lotus posture, not necessary. If someone can sit conveniently, go ahead, nothing wrong. Otherwise, any posture that keeps you comfortable for longer period at a stretch is a good posture for you. Keep your back and neck straight because that will help to have your mind more attentive. Keep your eyes gently closed, mouth gently closed. Now there is no physical activity going on. You are just sitting. No vocal activity, mouth closed. What reality? What is the reality which manifests itself in this stage? And the reality that everyone experiences is the breath coming in, the breath going out. No imagination involved. This is the truth. One is experiencing the breath coming in, the breath going out. Just start with that. Train the mind to be aware, aware of the breath as it is, as it comes in naturally, as it goes out naturally. Sorry, don't try to make it a breathing exercise. Don't try to control or discipline the breath as it is. If it is deep, it is deep. If it is shallow, it is shallow. Passes through left nostril, left nostril. Right nostril, right nostril. Just observe, do nothing. Just feel the breath as it comes in, as it goes out. Never interfere with the natural flow of the breath. Like someone sitting at the bank of the river and observing the flow of the river, natural flow of the river, one does nothing for this flow, does not interfere and can't interfere in the flow, just observes. So do nothing. Keep your attention at the entrance of the nostrils and keep on feeling the flow of the breath coming in, going out, as it is, not as you would like it to be, but as it is. So easy. You have to do nothing. And yet so difficult. When you decide to join a camp, the first day, so difficult. You will hardly observe a couple of breaths and the mind is gone somewhere. And then you realize what I was doing here. I was here to observe my breath. What happened? All right, you start again. You start again. Again, hardly a few seconds. And again the mind wanders away. This monkey mind keeps on wandering here, there. First day, not all. But many students get frustrated, irritated. What sort of mind I am carrying? This ordinary, simple job, just to observe, do nothing. Even this much it cannot do, what kind of mind? And the guide will say, no, don't generate negativity. 
Negativity is negativity, whether towards yourself or towards anybody else. It makes you miserable. And you come here to come out of this habit of negativity. Just accept the fact. You are observing the breath, observing the breath, mind wandered away, and you realize it has wandered away. Just accept the reality. At this moment, the mind has wandered away. All right? The breath is still there. I try again. And you start again. Again it wanders away. Again you accept, oh, it has wandered away. Again you try. Like this, patiently, persistently, patiently, persistently, you keep on working. You find the second day, it is much better. Third day, much better. Not that it has become very tranquil, very peaceful, but a big change has come compared to the first day. Another thing that happens, when you keep on working with the truth, that is why in the teaching of this technique, no imagination is allowed. No visualization is allowed. No verbalization is allowed. No suggestion, auto-suggestion or outer-suggestion is allowed. No imposition of this philosophical belief or that philosophical belief, nothing is allowed. Breath as breath, mere breath, bare breath, because this is the truth. And you have started to explore the truth pertaining to this mind-matter phenomenon. Because you are working only with the truth, you don't allow any imagination, mind is working just with the truth, just with the truth, and a small area, another reason. You have to keep the attention on a very small area below the nostrils, above the upper, upper lip. You are aware, you are aware, mind wanders again, you try, you are aware, you are aware. You notice that the breath becomes subtler and subtler. As the mind gets concentrated, the breath becomes subtler and subtler, shorter and shorter, finer and finer. At times the breath is like a thin thread. As it comes out, it makes a U-turn and goes in. So thin, so short. And mind is observing it, feeling it, feeling it. So naturally the mind also becomes subtler and subtler, more and more sensitive. And by the end of three days, the mind has become so sensitive, it starts feeling some other realities. Realities, no imagination. And realities that you experience, not the reality as expressed by your teacher or expressed by so-and-so. No, nothing doing. Your own experience. You have to work with your own experience. Some other realities pertaining to this mind-matter phenomenon starts manifesting. There is a constant biochemical reaction going on throughout the body. A constant electromagnetic reaction is going on throughout the body. And they manifest themselves as this sensation or that sensation. Different kinds of sensations are always there throughout the body. Mind is not sharp enough, not sensitive enough to feel them. It can feel very gross sensations like pain, pressure, heaviness, heat, perspiration. That is easy. But there are so many other sensations, very subtle sensations. As you go deeper, 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 one reaches the stage where the entire physical structure is mere very subtle oscillation, very subtle oscillation. One should be able to feel that. Then only one can know what changes are taking place when you generate an impurity in the mind.
So for that, these three days are necessary and one starts feeling sensation on this part of the body, the area below the nostrils, above the upper lip, some sensation or the other. Maybe heat, maybe perspiration, maybe throbbing, pulsing, vibrating, tingling, different kinds of sensations one is able to feel. Then from fourth day onwards, you start from the top of the head and you explore the entire body part by part, part by part, down to the tips of the toes. And you feel sensations everywhere. One who has never practiced to sharpen the mind will feel only very gross sensations. Can't feel different kind of sensations throughout the body, which are there all the time. Now the mind has become very sensitive, very sharp, starts feeling. In some cases, on the fourth day, people do not get sensation throughout the body, but most part of the body. And very patiently, persistently, they keep on repeating, repeating. They reach a stage where they feel sensation on every part of the body, every particle of the body. Initially, one may feel very gross sensations, solidified, intensified sensations. But as you keep on observing, observing objectively, without identifying yourself with the sensation, no I, no mind, sensation as sensation, this is the reality. At this moment, my mind has gone to this part of the body and there is a sensation. Maybe pleasant, maybe unpleasant, maybe gross, maybe subtle, whatever it is, you just accept the reality as it is, as it is, without reacting to the sensation. The mind becomes further sharper and sharper, sharper and sharper. And the time comes when all these gross solidified sensations, they get dissolved. The entire physical structure, which looks so solid, at the apparent level, yes, it is solid. But at the actual level, there is no solidity. This super scientist of spirituality, 26 centuries back, without any modern scientific apparatuses or instruments, with his own insight, his own experience, came to this reality that although it looks very solid, there is no solidity. The entire body is made up of very little, very little particles, which now we say atoms. In those days he gave the name Kalapa, tiniest particle of the material world. And that also is not solid. He finds that this is also mere vibration, mere vibration. Throughout the physical structure, mere vibration, mere vibration. Outside the world also, mere vibration, mere vibration. That has to be experienced. It is not to be accepted because Buddha said so or the scripture says so, nothing doing. It's a pure science, science of mind and matter. How to sharpen the mind to feel the subtlest reality pertaining to the body. And then one comes to feel the subtlest reality pertaining to the mind and mental contents. They also, at times, very solidified, intensified, like emotion arises, very solidified. Passion arises, fear arises, anger arises. And one keeps on observing, 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 divided, dissected, disintegrated, dissolved. The entire material structure dissolved, entire mental structure dissolved, dissolved, mere vibration, mere vibration. Within the framework of the body, mere vibration, mere vibration. Outside also, mere vibration, mere vibration. 
then it becomes easy to understand at the experiential level. Of course, it takes time, but then it becomes very easy. Attention goes to the eye sense door, vibration, vibration, nose sense door, vibration, vibration, tongue sense door, vibration, vibration, ear sense door, vibration, vibration, body sense door, vibration, vibration, mind sense door, vibration, vibration. These are the six sense doors because of which the world is world for us. Otherwise, no existence of the world. Somebody blind, blind from the birth. For this person, there is no shape, no color, no light. This world doesn't exist for this person. Someone is deaf from the birth. For this person, the world of sound does not exist at all. So these sense doors, the world comes in contact with these sense doors and then we accept the existence of the world. A shape, a form, a color, a light comes in contact with the eyes. A smell comes in contact with the nose. A taste comes in contact with the tongue. A sound comes in contact with the ear. Something tangible comes in contact with the body and a thought and emotion comes in contact with the mind. Now what happens? The interaction of mind and matter will start becoming clearer and clearer. Your attention has gone to the ear sense door, mere vibration, mere vibration. A sound has come, vibration, vibration, like you strike a gong. You strike the gong at one point and the whole gong starts vibrating. Sound has come in the ear sense door and the whole body, a special type of vibration starts, which is neutral. Throughout the body, you've got a flow of vibrations. What happens? One part of the mind, its job is to cognize. Anything that comes in contact with any sense door, this part of the mind will say, something is happening. Look at the ear sense door, something is happening. At the eye sense door, nose sense door, tongue sense door, body sense door, mind sense door, something has happened. Just cognizes. And immediately the second part of the mind will raise its head, what has come in contact with the ear? Oh, a sound has come in contact. What sound? With all the memory of the past, with all the experience of the past, one recognizes, oh, these sounds, these words, they are words of insult, words of abuse, or these words, words of praise, and also gives valuation recognizes and gives valuation. Words of abuse, insult, very bad. Words of praise, ah, wonderful, has given the valuation. This is the job of this part of the mind. And then one notices that as soon as the valuation is given, words of abuse, very bad, this flow of vibration, which was very neutral, changes, changes immediately into a flow of very unpleasant vibration. Throughout the body, very unpleasant vibration. Or the valuation is given. Oh, these words are praise, wonderful. It changes into very pleasant vibrations. Throughout the body, there is a flow of very, very pleasant vibration. The third part of the mind starts feeling these sensations. Unpleasant sensation, pleasant sensation. And immediately the fourth part of the mind starts reacting. Unpleasant sensation. I don't like it. I don't like it. Aversion, hatred, aversion, hatred. Pleasant sensation. Ah, wonderful. I like it. 
I like it craving, clinging, craving, clinging. At the apparent level, it looks that one is reacting to the words somebody has abused, somebody has insulted me, and that is why I am reacting with aversion, hatred. Somebody has praised me, and that is why I am reacting with craving, clinging. This is only apparent truth. The great scientist found out that we are not reacting to these words. You are not reacting even to the meaning of these words. You are reacting to the sensations. All this happens so quickly, with such great rapidity. When a sensation is pleasant, then only you react with craving. When the sensation is unpleasant, you react with aversion. Oh, so the root of the mind is constantly in contact with body sensations, this type or that type. And throughout, throughout the life, day and night, asleep or awakened, sitting or standing, lying or walking, eating or drinking, in every position, in every posture, some sensation or the other is going on, some sensation. The conscious mind doesn't know at all. But deep inside what you call unconscious, not unconscious, constantly in contact with the body sensations, pleasant, unpleasant, pleasant, unpleasant, sometimes neutral, pleasant, unpleasant. And whenever there is pleasant, there is craving, unpleasant, there is aversion. This habit pattern of generating craving, aversion, craving, aversion, constantly going on. At the surface level of the mind, one can train the mind at the surface level, understanding intellectually that craving is no good, aversion is no good, because as and when one generates craving, one loses the balance of the mind, and more craving, more craving, one becomes miserable, and when one generates aversion, again one loses the, the balance of the mind, it's miserable. So one tries in different ways to calm down this mind, to purify the but surface of the mind. There are many ways. Say an impurity has arisen in the mind, a negativity has arisen, anger has arisen. Then many sages and saints of the past had advised us, good advice, you direct, you divert your attention to something else. Mind is full of anger. Divert attention. You get up and take a glass of water and start drinking. Your mind is diverted. Or you start counting one, two, three, four, one, two, three, four, your mind is diverted. Or any word you keep on repeating, you are wearing a watch, then watch, 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 mind is diverted. But it's difficult to, to repeat such words in which you have no interest. So advice was given. If you have great devotion, towards any deity, god or goddess, start reciting the name. This god or goddess will be very happy to listen, listen his or her name. So just to please that god or goddess, keep on reciting, reciting. And you start reciting because you've got devotion, you've got faith. You keep on reciting, reciting, reciting this name or that name. The mind calms down. It becomes very tranquil, peaceful, and you find the negativity is gone. Your anger is gone. But actually, when a deep assessment is made, it is not gone away. It's gone away from the surface. But it's pushed deep inside, at the root level. And there it, is, keep, it keeps on multiplying, multiplying. You are not out of it. You are not relieved from it. You are not liberated from it. This enlightened person, this was his enlightenment. This 
scientific research, what happens? And he found so long as this reaction of craving, aversion, craving, aversion is going on, which is pertaining to these sensations, you are not liberated. Because you keep on polluting your mind, keep on defiling your mind with either craving or aversion, craving or aversion. At the surface level, you may calm down, but this is only a temporary relief. Deep inside, the habit pattern is the same. And as I said, volcanic eruption, and you are again the same person. How to reach that depth of the mind? For that purpose, three days to train the mind to become very sharp, very sharp, very sensitive. And then after that, to train it to feel all the different kinds of sensations throughout the body. And after that, not only feel the sensations, remain equanimous, equanimous. Don't react to the sensation. Whenever unpleasant sensation arises, pain, pressure, heaviness, etc., just accept. At this moment, on this part of the body, this unpleasant sensation, that's all. Don't generate aversion or hatred. A pleasant sensation is a reason. Just accept on this part of the body. A pleasant sensation is a reason. Just accept. Don't react. Easy to say, but the old habit pattern is that whenever you experience unpleasant sensation, you react with aversion. Whenever you experience pleasant sensation, you react with craving. That habit pattern has become so strong. You have to keep on changing. You are not successful all the time. But say in an hour, few seconds you get, where you feel and yet you don't react. You feel you don't react. This few moments, few seconds will become few minutes and it will grow. The habit pattern will start changing, changing, changing. That will change the mind at the root level of, at its root level. And that helps in day-to-day life also. Any situation has a reason. You may be coming in contact with different kinds of situations, desirable, undesirable, and the old habit pattern was to react with craving, with aversion. Now, as soon as a desirable situation comes in contact with any sense door, a good vipassana meditator will feel sensations and will notice pleasant sensation, but look, this is not eternal. It arises, passes, arises, passes. Every pleasant sensation is just vibration. Vibration, rising, passing, rising, passing with great rapidity. Unpleasant situation has come in contact. You'll find the unpleasant sensation that looks very solidified, like pain, pressure, etc. But that also arises, seems to stay for some time, but sooner or later passes away. Is not eternal. One keeps on training the mind to understand that whatever sensation you experience in the body, no sensation is eternal. Every sensation has the same characteristic arising, staying for some time, passes away if it is unpleasant, arising, passing, arising, passing with great rapidity. If it is pleasant sensation, characteristic remains the same. Then what is the purpose of reacting to something which is constantly changing? Why to react with craving? Why to react with aversion? This is a changing phenomena. Keeps on changing, keeps on changing. That mad habit of reacting to these sensations starts changing. One comes out of it. So in daily life also, a sensation has come because you come in contact with this particular situation or that particular situation. One feels a sensation, oh, this is not eternal. Let me see how long it lasts. Let me see how long it lasts. One does not react. 
And even if one reacts, the reaction is just on the surface. It does not go very deep. If you keep on reacting repeatedly, repeatedly, it goes to the depth of the mind. And it multiplies the habit pattern of reaction, reaction generating misery, misery. That habit pattern starts changing. And when there is no reaction, or when there is no generation of these impurities, defilements in the mind, mind becomes purer and purer, not just on the surface level. It becomes purer and purer at the deepest level, at the root level. When the mind becomes purer and purer at the root level, then by nature, law of nature, it gets filled with love, with compassion, with goodwill. Love without a trace of passion, without a trace of lust, love. Love, pure love, without expecting anything in return. One with traffic, you just give. You are so happy to give. Compassion for those who are miserable, you feel just compassion, compassion. Sympathetic joy, when you see somebody very happy, joyful, sympathetic joy arises. Otherwise, there is a sort of aversion or jealousy. Why this fellow is enjoying and I am not enjoying? This kind of thing comes. Habit pattern changes. You have sympathetic joy. You have got love, you have got compassion, you have got sympathetic joy. And you come across different situations and you remain equanimous, remain equanimous. These four qualities, wholesome qualities, become stronger and stronger. The life pattern starts changing. One starts living a very peaceful life, harmonious life, not just on the surface, harmonious life at the depth. And that starts manifesting in day-to-day -day life. Situations keep on coming pleasant, unpleasant, desirable, undesirable. But you don't disturb your mind. You keep your mind tranquil, peaceful, pure, full of positive emotions, not negative emotions. Whenever you generate negative emotion, you are the first victim of your negativity. By this technique, it becomes so clear that when I generate anger, I become so miserable. So miserable. One has developed the faculty to observe the sensations, to feel the sensations. When one generates anger, there's a flow of burning vibration throughout the body, burning sensation. Palpitation increases. Tension gets built up. Misery. Nothing but misery. Misery. And when you are miserable, you don't keep misery limited to yourself. You start throwing this misery on others. The entire atmosphere gets permeated with this miserable vibration, anyone comes in contact with you at that time, feels nothing but misery. So also law of nature, when you are free from these negativities, mind is pure, full of love and compassion, one starts feeling so much of peace and harmony within. And then the entire atmosphere around you gets charged with the vibration of peace, harmony. Anybody who comes in contact with you at that time starts feeling peace and harmony. That is why it's a way of life. How to change the habit pattern of the mind so that one can live within oneself full of peace, harmony, peace, harmony. And how to generate nothing but peace and harmony for the atmosphere outside so that others can also live in peace and harmony. For this, one has to train the mind and train the mind not just on the surface level. One has to go to the depth level. And for these, these ten days are very important, three days to sharpen the mind and then to train the mind to feel different kinds of sensations and then to train the mind to remain equanimous with every kind of sensation. Don't react, don't react. It takes time, old habit pattern was to react. So you keep on reacting, 
then from moment to moment at times you feel oh i should not react then you don't react you're changing the habit pattern in 10 days not that you change the entire habit pattern but you find a way how to change the habit pattern and some change is bound to come within these 10 days and you find your life is becoming more peaceful more harmonious your relationship with the people becoming much better much cordial the family members start feeling yes this is a changed person now you are friends in the society or your enemies in the society that thought feeling there's a change in this person and this is how a big change starts coming in the individual and from the individual 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 change comes in the society change comes in the nation the change comes in the world we want peace in the world impossible unless there is peace in the mind of individual so vipassana helps you to develop this peace within so that you can help the peace outside also more and more people start experiencing peace the world becomes more and more peaceful everyone who generates nothing but terror because one is ignorant that one is harming oneself whenever one generates terror it is with negativity and one does not know that whenever one generates negativity one has started burning burning more and more people start realizing that i am harming myself nobody wants to harm oneself everybody wants to live a peaceful life happy life harmonious life and yet out of ignorance one does not know what i am doing at the depth of the mind one keeps on generating nothing but misery nothing but misery because this negativity is negativity one becomes a slave of these negativities and in spite of the intellectual level understanding this is not good for me keeps on generating the same negativity again again becomes more and more miserable so this is a way of life an art of living how to live peacefully and harmoniously within and how to generate nothing but peace and harmony for the atmosphere outside so that others can also live in peace and harmony but for this you have to spend 10 days of your life it looks too much how 10 days i am such a busy person i can't spare 10 days i know i started bargaining myself with my teacher when he asked to stay for 10 days oh no sir i am such a busy person 10 days impossible for me i can miss this but i can't spare 10 days impossible look i am very intelligent you explain me what to do i'll practice at home <laughs> nothing doing you can't all right i stay with you for one day you teach me how to practice rest i will do at home nothing doing this requires an atmosphere very congenial atmosphere and you have to work continuously at home how can you work continuously continuously when you join join a course from morning 4 4:30 till night 9 9:30 only some period for rest for lunch for dinner etc but uh, for breakfast and then lunch and some tea or coffee or, and some fruits in the afternoon in the evening but otherwise continuous 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 this makes the mind very sharp and sensitive this makes the mind to feel all kinds of sensations this makes the mind trained not to react to the sensations so 10 days is necessary all of you who spared one hour now to listen what we pashna is i am sure if you are convinced you will spare 10 days of your life also to learn this technique not to oblige anybody for your good for your benefit and maybe through you for the good and benefit of so many others may all of you enjoy real peace real harmony real happiness real happiness
Yes, the question has come. Aren't desires part of normal living? What kind of economy would be, would we have if everyone lost their desires? <laughs> Don't lose your desires, but lose your craving. There's a big difference. You are thirsty, you want water, there's a desire for water, natural desire, nothing wrong. But if you start craving, oh, no water, I didn't get water, what will happen, I might die without water, you are making yourself miserable. You try, get water, if you're not successful, try some other way, get water, which is necessary, nothing wrong. But you start craving and clinging, have attachment for that desire, you make yourself miserable. When is the best time of life to start practicing vipassana? Before, before birth. <laughs> a pregnant mother, when she comes to the course, she is not working only for herself, she is also working for the child. What wonderful vibration the child gets, free from craving, free from aversion, free from misery, peace, harmony. This nutrition that the child gets makes him live a very happy life throughout. Many pregnant mothers come to the course, I want a Dhamma baby, I want a, and they get Dhamma baby. So give Dhamma when the child is in the womb. Is Vipassana meditation relevant to these times of international terrorism? It is all the more relevant when there is so much of terror in the minds of the people. And the terrorist wants to create terror in the minds of the people by taking such inhuman actions, cruel actions, people get fearful, terrified, and then they accept whatever you say, all right, we accept, we accept. This is their aim. And if you become terrified, then we are supporting these people. So, of course, every government, it's duty of the government to look after the safety of the students, of the people in the society, but the society also. Everyone should be brave, and this Vipassana helps you. Whenever any fear arises in the mind, law of nature is such that nothing can arise in the mind without a sensation in the body. This was a great discovery of this enlightened person. Nothing can arise in the mind without a sensation on the body. Say fear is a reason, terror is a reason. There must be a sensation in the body. A good vipassana meditator accepts there is terror now in the mind. Not terror due to this or that. Terror is terror, fear is fear. And what sensation? At that time, whatever sensation you have in any part of the body, you start observing. And because of your practice of vipassana, you understand, this is not eternal. This will not last forever. Let me see how long it lasts. And this terror is also, this fear is also related to this sensation. So this is also not permanent. Let me see how long it lasts. And you keep on observing, it becomes weaker, weaker, passes away. It cannot overpower you. So in these days where fear has become so common, one has to come out of that, be brave, and Vipassana helps you to become how to become brave and face all kinds of dangers. I understand that it takes at least ten days to grasp the technique, but why must they must they be all at once? It is hard to take so much. <laughs> why ten days at once? One day and after one month you come again, one day after one month come again, one day, it doesn't work. So far as this technique is concerned, continuity of practice is the secret of success. You require continuously, 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 
first to sharpen your mind, then continuously, continuously to go to the depth of the mind and feel all sensations, then continuously, continuously train the mind not to react the sensations. Ten days is minimum requirement. About hundred years back, this this kind of technique was taught to people who could spare one month. In this fast life today, who will spare one month? I would have missed myself. So ten days is minimum. Less than that, people don't get, of course. There are students who have taken one, two, or three courses, and they have started calling people, "Come, come, go and come once ten days. We will teach you in two days, in three days, or just a weekend, or just few hours." But give me so many dollars, so many dollars. They are for making money. So no, don't get deceived by such things. If you really want to change the habit pattern, you have to give ten days of your life. You, your lecture sounds good. Why then there is so much misery in the Buddhist countries? <laughs> because because they are merely Buddhist, they are not vipassi. Don't don't practice vipassana. <laughs> Simply calling oneself a Buddhist, one does not become a vipassi meditator. No, that is lost. The technique which was discovered two thousand five hundred years ago kept on working and helping the people of India for about five hundred years. And after that, due to some reason or the other, it got lost there. It went to different countries. There also, after a few centuries, got lost totally. Only one country, neighboring country, neighbor of India, Burma, Myanmar, which maintained the purity of this technique. But very few people, from teacher to pupil, from teacher to pupil, from generation to generation, very few people, they maintained it in its pristine purity. And now it has come out to help India and to help the entire world. So all these people, all these countries who call themselves Buddhist, we are not against them, but they have lost the technique of vipassana. Why aren't we born with the awareness of the of the subtleties of the mind and matter? Because you are not born, so you have to try and learn it. If you, by the birth, if you are aware of it, then no need vipassana. You are from the birth. You are a vipassana meditator. It doesn't happen because of ignorance. The mind is so cloudy because of ignorance. One does not want to see what is happening inside. The time one takes birth, open eyes, extrovert, 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 the whole life, extrovert, extrovert, doesn't want to see what is happening inside. And even if one closes eyes and tries to meditate, it's only on imagination, some belief, some dogma, some cult. You keep on repeating that. You don't. Work on the reality that you are experiencing inside, and if that is possible, the mind automatically becomes purer and purer. Please compare with TM. Not necessary to compare with any technique. Every technique gives some benefit or the other, and the founder and propagator of TM, Maharshi, is a very close friend of mine. He started his movement round the world from my house, so we are very close friends. But he also knows, and I also know, it is good to repeat a certain word again and again, again and again. You keep on repeating, the mind calms down, but doesn't go to the depth of the mind. So it gives benefit. It is not that TM doesn't give any benefit, but to change the habit pattern of the mind, the root level, it is not possible unless you work with the body sensations. Why do you not charge for these ten-day courses? Because people can't give. The technique is so invaluable. 
how can you give charges for that? And the moment you put any charge tag on it, it will lose all its efficacy. It will lose its purity. Then it becomes a commercial commodity. Come, 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 I'll teach you for 10 days, give so many dollars. All right, I'll teach you within one day, give me so many dollars. Then it becomes a commercial commodity. It does not have that efficacy, that purity, that spirituality. It gets lost. But still you have to pay. As I say, it is not free, totally free. You have to pay. And what you pay is 10 valuable days of your invaluable life. Give that and you get the benefit. Do Americans who practice Buddhist meditation tend to be overly serious? <laughs> I do not know what is this Buddhist meditation. Buddha never used this word, Buddhism or Buddhist. We have got all his words about 15,000 pages and then the commentaries and sub-commentaries, another 35,000 pages, all in CD. And the word Buddhism is missing. The word Buddhist is missing. He never taught Buddhism. He never made a single person a Buddhist. What he taught was Dhamma. Dhamma means way of life, the law of nature, universal, which is applicable on everyone. Everyone belonging to this religion or that religion, this, this uh, tradition or that tradition, of this color or that color, black or white or brown or yellow, makes no difference. Male or female makes no difference. One is from India or from Pakistan, makes no difference. One is from Israel or from Palestine, makes no difference. Human being is human being. And this is a natural technique to go to the depth of the mind and change the mind. Not Buddhism. Never take it as Buddhism. It's teaching of Buddha, no doubt. But it is not a cult. It is not a sect. Nothing doing to convert you to any, any religion. Vipassana never converts you from one organized religion to another organized religion. Conversion is involved, but it is from misery to happiness. <laughs> from cruelty to compassion. From bondage to liberation. That conversion is there, but not to convert from one religion to another religion. Does your technique help addictions? Not my technique. Buddha's technique. Yes, certainly. Addiction. It becomes clearer and clearer. This was a great discovery of this enlightened person that you are not reacting to any outside object. It appears to be so. It seems to be so. You are reacting to something which comes in contact from outside. Actually, you are reacting to your body sensations. People come to the courses. They say, I am a great alcoholic. I want to come out of it, but I can't. I heard this Vipassana helps. What shall I do? Join the course. And then you will see that you are reacting to the sensations on the body. When you take alcohol, there is a kind of sensation throughout the body which you feel very pleasant. Depth of the mind, you like it very much. And you want to repeat it. You want to repeat it. So you take more and more. Again and again you take alcohol. So apparent level, it looks you are addicted to alcohol. You are addicted to the body sensation. If you keep on observing the body sensation equanimously, this addiction goes away and you are free from the addiction of any kind of intoxicants, drugs or tobacco or anything, alcohol, anything that makes you a slave, you come out of it easily. How can a person make anger go away? Come, practice Vipassana and it will go away. Without practicing, only listening to these discourses, anger does not go away. It can't go away. How do you explain 
Kundalini. How to explain Kundalini? Kundalini is getting sensations on one part of the body. The spinal cord, you feel sensations because there are nerve centers there. But we question the entire body, every particle of the body there is sensation, every atom of the body there is sensation, wherever there is life there is sensation. When you feel sensations everywhere, this is the goal which can change the habit pattern. Merely feeling sensation of certain parts of the body, good, but that also becomes not good when you feel the sensations and you don't change your habit pattern. You feel sensation and understand this is impermanent, look it is changing, it is changing, you don't react with craving or aversion, then it is helpful. But that got missed when this Kundalini started. It started about 500 years after Buddha when this technique got lost. Vipassana got lost. Do you ever fight with your wife? (laughs) Why? Why should I fight with my wife? She is part of my life. Without her, I am not complete. She is the half and better half. How can we fight? Impossible. No fight. Learn technique of this Vipassana and you will find that your family life is becoming more and more cordial. (laughs) Is Vipassana meditation right for a person with a tendency towards anxiety? Same thing. Anxiety also is a content of the mind. Anxiety, fear. Whenever anxiety arises and you are a good Vipassana meditator, Accept the fact at this moment there is anxiety in the mind. Anxiety due to this or that, nothing doing. Anxiety as anxiety. And see what sensation you have at that time. Keep on observing the sensation. Sensation at that time is related to anxiety. And you keep on understanding this sensation is not permanent, it is not eternal, it keeps on changing. This anxiety is also not eternal. It's bound to change, bound to pass away. And you will find it becomes weaker, weaker and passes away. Otherwise you suppress anxiety by diverting your attention to something else, some sensual pleasure, this or that. It doesn't help. Only the surface of the mind will get changed. Deep inside, anxiety is there. What if a mosquito bites me during meditation course? (laughs) Very compassionately drive it away. Don't kill Just drive it away. And you start understanding that when mosquito bites, there is unpleasant sensation. Now how to deal with this unpleasant sensation? Try to remain equanimous with that, equanimous that. This does not mean that you invite mosquitoes, come and bite me so that I can understand what unpleasant is and how to remain equanimous. What gives you joy in your life? Vipassana gives me joy in my life. So have this joy. Just feel the same joy as I am feeling with Vipassana. How many 10-day courses before you guarantee inner peace? (laughs) You can take number of 10-day courses without practicing properly and you don't get any peace. You have to practice properly. If you practice exactly as you are asked to practice, the result is bound to come. Because people who are coming to the courses, so many hundreds of thousands who have taken courses, not a single person has complained that he or she has wasted her 10 days. No, everybody gets benefit, less or more, according to the practice that one does, according to the understanding of the technique properly and working properly, benefit is bound to be there. Spare 10 days and then you won't ask me this question.
These are the last questions. After that, I am liberated. Good. <laughs> what advice do you have for people working in the peace and social justice movement? What advice? Take your Pashna. <laughs> and you will work better. And you will get better results. When I practice Vipassana, I tend to visualize body parts, what to do. That's wrong. It happens in many cases, not many cases, a few cases, when you start exploring different parts of the body, the anatomy of the body starts coming in front of your closed eyes. Ignore it. Don't give it any importance. Don't try to push it out. Again, you have aversion. Let it be there. But you start giving important sensation that you are experiencing and automatically this visualization will go away. Why only 10 days? Why not for life? Good, it should be for life. But beginning, 10 days is the kindergarten of Vipassana. You come there, understand what it is, start beginning. Then later on, as you progress, 20-day courses are given, 30 days, 45 days, 60 days. And there's a long queue, people waiting for 60-day courses. And we don't have that much accommodation. But slow and steady. Start with 10 days and then think of the whole life. What is the place of metta practice in Vipassana? Actually, as you develop in Vipassana, mind becomes purer and purer. Then by nature, the law of nature is such, mind will get filled with love and compassion. But in the beginning for the 10-day course, on the 10th day, whatever purity you have achieved, then... A practice is taught how to generate vibration of love and compassion towards others. Whatever peace I have experienced by this technique, you feel like sharing this peace with others. May more and more people who are living a miserable life, they come in contact with the Pashna and start enjoying peace that I am experiencing. So a sharing your peace and harmony for others, this is Metta Bhavana, love and compassion for others. What motivates the prison inmates who attend your courses to surrender to the practice. Anyone, whether one is a prisoner or otherwise, everyone needs the practice and surrenders because one gets profit, benefit out of it. When you practice and you find you are more and more peaceful, you are coming out of your old habit pattern, then certainly one feels like surrendering to this technique instead of running from one technique to the other, one technique to the other. And prisoner is, everyone is a prisoner, not only those who are behind the walls or behind the bars. Even outside, everyone is a prisoner, prisoner of unwholesome habit pattern. One has to come out of that prison and Vipassana will help you and you will start enjoying the life. Does Vipassana help in the process of aging? What is your experience? My experience is, I am getting aged. Look, I have a stick to walk. That is natural. But the mind should not become aged. Mind is young, always young, and very happy, very strong. Let the body decay, let it get disintegrated, so what? Even death comes, so what? Smilingly accept it. Be brave. Vipassana will help you to remain brave in every situation. The changes, changes are there in the life. You just maintain the equanimity of your mind and you are a happy person. May all of you enjoy real happiness, real peace, real harmony.